So when is a jerk or a twitch just a harmless reflex, and when could it potentially signal a devastating seizure? Let's find out and talk about detecting infantile epilepsy with Dr. Sarah Weatherspoon, a pediatric neurologist at Labonner Children's Hospital and assistant professor of pediatric neurology at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center. This is the Peds Pod by Labonner Children's Hospital. I'm Bill Klaproth. Dr. Weatherspoon, what is infantile epilepsy and how does it differ from other forms of epilepsy? So infantile epilepsy means seizures that happen in the first year of life in babies. And this is different from other kinds of epilepsy because there are very specific kinds of seizures, such as infantile spasms that can occur during that time frame. So then what are infantile spasms, if you could explain that to us, and how is it different than other forms of infantile epilepsy? Infantile spasms are seizures that don't look so bad from the outside because they are small movements, like little forward crunches of the body or little movements where the arms may jump outwards. And they last only one to two seconds, but they tend to happen over and over and over. And what's going on at the level of the brain that we can't see is that these seizures are actually disrupting normal development. Well, that sounds very concerning. So why else is infantile spasm so serious? So again, even though the seizures don't look so bad, we know that if they don't get the proper treatment and get that treatment quickly, that there's a process going on in the brain that's keeping that child from going on to have normal development, it disrupts normal brain function in babies. Some babies may have seizures where in between they are normal and the seizures can be treated and they go on to have normal development despite the seizures themselves. But in this case, the spasms themselves are almost like a fever. They alert you to something else may be going on, such as in this case of a fever, like an infection that needs to be treated. So this seizure is that red flag that says, hey, we need to take a closer look and we need to get the right treatment on board quickly. So babies do move around a lot and they jerk and twitch their arms and have the startle reflex. How can you tell the difference between an infant's normal reflexes versus spasms and seizures? So this can be really hard to tease out and tell the difference between. One important thing to know is that all babies are born with a normal reflex and that's called the Moro reflex. And this is when if you see a baby look startled and their arms jump outwards, that's a normal reflex. And it usually happens between birth and then it starts to go away around three to four months of age. With infantile spasms, sometimes they can look kind of similar to that reflex, but spasms typically start around four months of age when you should be seeing that moral reflex go away. So the timing is really important. Also, the clustering pattern that infantile spasms again, a type of seizure, how those can cluster together back to back over and over, even if the baby's not being startled. So that's another way to tell the difference between a normal baby reflex, which is usually triggered by something like maybe the door slamming versus an infantile spasm, which just happens out of the blue. So look for the clusters, the repetition of the jerking and twitching, especially after three or four months. So it sounds like Time is imperative. If you notice this, sounds like you should get to your pediatrician as soon as you can. Absolutely. Sometimes it still could be something else that's not as serious. For example, reflux um, can sometimes cause similar types of movements in babies. But if they're still doing, if they're having that pattern and it's at that time point in their life, 
they absolutely should be evaluated by a pediatric neurologist to make sure that we're not missing something more serious like infantile spasms. So since this does seem potentially hard to diagnose, is it normal reflexes or is it not? If you bring your baby to the pediatrician and he or she says, nope, nothing wrong here, everything's fine, how do you know if you should get a second opinion? I think that pediatricians are wonderful and they see a lot of children. And so sometimes things that usually often do end up being normal could get overlooked. And so I think in my world, I trust parents. And so if mom or the dad are really worried, if they just need that confirmation that, okay, maybe nothing is going on, but I really need to know that for sure, um, then I think they absolutely should find their way to um, a specialty uh, provider who could give them either that peace of mind or give them that diagnosis that they are worried about. So then how do you diagnose this and ultimately figure it out? One of the keys to figuring that out is something called an EEG, an electroencephalogram, or sometimes we call that a brainwave test. That's really the critical test that babies need if we're worried about infantile spasms. In spasms, you're going to see abnormalities. If it's something normal like reflux or normal baby movements, probably that EEG is going to be normal. Good point. So if the EEG does show that abnormality and it is infantile spasms, what are the treatment options? So the types of medicines that we use to treat these kinds of seizures are quite different than your standard seizure medications. One of the main medications that we use at our center is called Acthar gel or ACTH. That's a hormone that is given as an injection, kind of like a vaccine, for about four weeks. The other medication that we often use is a medicine called Vigabatrin. That's a medicine that babies can take by mouth. And what we're finding out as more and more babies are being treated is that they seem to do the best if they take both of them at the same time rather than just one or the other. Okay. And how do these treatments work then? Obviously, they help rewire the brain where there is an abnormality. As with a lot of our treatments for seizures in general, sometimes we don't know the exact reason that it seems to work. But the research continues to bear out over the past 60, 70 years that these are really the optimal treatments. We do think that somehow, like you said, it may somehow rewire the brain or change the brain's connectivity, meaning how the brain kind of talks to itself and resets it so that normal development can resume. And what are the risks then if infantile spasms are left untreated? So unfortunately, if children don't get the proper diagnosis or proper treatment in a timely fashion, this can result in permanent development regression or stagnation. Um, It can also lead to really more difficult to treat seizures down the road the seizures that people usually think about when they hear about epilepsy, big jerking type seizures, or sometimes they're called grand mal seizures. So if spasms don't get treated, they may eventually go away, but usually will be replaced by something much more severe. So let's stick with treatment. Labonner now has an infantile epilepsy center. What does Labonner have that makes it particularly suited to diagnosing infantile epilepsy and a subset of that, infantile spasms? So first, we have pediatric epileptologists, meaning people who specialize in kids with seizures, such as myself, and having a 
specific interest in this particular diagnosis, a heightened awareness, where if I hear about a baby like this, I'm going to do everything I can to get that baby in to see me as quickly as possible, ideally within 48 hours. Um, in addition, the benefit of having a center is that we bring all of our specialists together, what we call a multidisciplinary approach. So we have excellent pediatric neuroradiologists who have special imaging techniques they can use. We have neurodiagnostics, such as a device here called a magnetoencephalogram. We also have other specialists that could, because we realize that babies have special needs, things like eating and growing. And so we have incorporated our dietitian and a speech therapist into our clinic to make sure that the entire health of that baby is being addressed and not just the seizures. And what are some of the other disciplines in this multidisciplinary approach? Some other disciplines that we've incorporated into our multidisciplinary center include genetics, looking for any genetic cause for spasms, neuro-ophthalmology, meaning looking at any abnormalities in the eyes or the vision pathway that could clue us into a diagnosis and to monitor a child's visual development. Our general pediatrics team is very involved, again, making sure that we're taking care of all the other general baby issues that can come up in this age range. At Le Bonheur, of course, we also have access to many other pediatric specialists, such as cardiology or nephrology. So I could see where that multidisciplinary approach really saves time because that's very important and can be very comforting for parents. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Weatherspoon, let me ask you this. Do we know what causes infantile epilepsy and as a subset of that, infantile spasms? So there can be a host of different kinds of causes, and we tend to group them together. Genetics um, or abnormal genes are often a cause that we find. Second, sometimes a baby's brain may have formed differently, and those malformations or abnormal formation of the brain can cause spasms and seizures in babies. Additionally, any kind of injury to the brain that happened early on, whether when the baby was still growing in the womb or right around the time of birth, if the baby didn't get adequate oxygen to the brain, or if there was a stroke shortly after birth, all of these kinds of things could potentially set a baby up to develop spasms down the road. All right. So speaking of down the road, let's look way down the road and long-term outcomes. If a child who specifically has infantile spasms, if it's caught and treated early, will that child still experience developmental delays? So two answers to one question there. So part of it depends on what the underlying cause is. So if there's been significant brain injury, like I mentioned in the earlier comment, um, there may be ongoing developmental issues. But regardless even of that, if a baby is treated in a timely fashion, and we define that as certainly less than a month and ideally even less than a week after spasms start, that gives them the best chance of continuing to make developmental progress. And with many children who may not have one of those underlying injuries, they may go on to have normal development and not have any further seizures, not need any further medications once we've completed our course of treatment. So that time to treatment is really a critical factor. So that's a really important phrase, time to treatment. It's very important. If you're a parent listening to this and you have a question, you're unsure, 
go see your pediatrician. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Don't delay. Dr. Weatherspoon, thanks so much for your time today. It's really been great talking with you. Yes, thank you so much. That's Dr. Sarah Weatherspoon, pediatric neurologist at Labonner Children's Hospital. And to learn more, visit the Neuroscience Institute at labonner.org. And be sure to subscribe to the Peds Pod and Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also check out labonner.org slash podcast to view our full podcast library. This is the Peds Pod by Labonner Children's Hospital. Thanks for listening.